stand-up comic joke it up one time. Funny. Welcome to Let's Talk About Sets, S-E-T-S, a punchy little podcast from NYC on the science and craft of stand-up comedy by comics who love it. What a tagline. Isn't that good? Yes. Uh, I am Jeff McBride, and with me as always is a guy who's earned a reputation as one of the greatest lovers in New York and owes it all to being homeschooled, Harrison Tweet. Uh, neither of those are actual. <laughs> good to speak. <laughs> The theme today is perspective, and our guest is Dan Perlman. Oh, hi, guys. <laughs> Let's get started with a clip by Roy Wood Jr. from his special father figure, and this is called No Patriotic Songs. Something's wrong, man. Just don't be one of these people that's surprised that black folks got issues. Then the people I can't deal with. I'd rather talk to somebody that don't agree with me than somebody that's had their eyes closed. How did you know black people? Why are black people angry? We've been angry. This ain't new. You think this just happened the last couple of years? Black folks been trying to tell y'all forever that they had some issues and we sat, we invented the blues. <laughs> what more of a sign that you need? We literally invented an entire genre of music based on sadness. That's how <laughs> we, we the blues was created here. That is an American art form. That is not native African. You go listen to old African music. The shit is happy because we was free. <laughs> but I, every old African song. <laughs> Soon as we got off the slave ship. We've been sad. How the hell are you surprised? They're not patriotic. The black people don't like the national anthem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no shock to you, man. You want to know what black folks feeling? Just listen to their music. Our music tell you everything that's going on in the black psyche. It's a beautiful <laughs> telegram. And nowhere in the history of black music is there a hit patriotic song. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> what we do. I mean, we'll cover a song, but like we don't write no original patriotic song. Black artists ain't never because we got a conflicted relationship with the country. You can't write no honest, patriotic song. You got to leave that to white artists. They ain't had a good time. <laughs> had a good time in America? You're damn right. You should be writing the patriotic, and I'm proud to be an American. Maybe <laughs> serious. You couldn't possibly expect that level of patriotism from a race of people that have so many issues. You can't. 
It's not realistic. Black people, don't, we don't sing about America. We sing about specific cities where you can have a good-ass time. <laughs> That's what we do. We don't talk about the country. We can tell you where the party at, though. We can do that. <laughs> I can't tell you nothing about America, but let me tell you about the city where the heat is on all night on the beach till the early morn. <laughs> Welcome to Miami. That's where you got to go. You ever been to California? Oh, my God, boy, you got to go down to California, boy. Boy, California knows how to party. <laughs> the city of L.A., the city of good old Watts, and the city of Compton. They keep it rocking. Write that shit down. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> they keep it rocking. <laughs> Black people don't do patriotism. Maybe Georgia on my mind. That's the closest we probably come. Maybe that, maybe that. That's a good song. It's warm. It's about the country. Ray Charles, George on my mind. Good song. But the key word in that song is on my mind. <laughs> Ray Charles was just thinking about George. <laughs> he didn't tell you to go there. <laughs> George is like every other part of the South. It's got some pockets you should not be in after dark. If you'd have asked Ray Charles to be more specific on where in Georgia to go, he'd have said, go to Atlanta where the players play and they ride on them things like every day. <laughs> My Uncle Derek tried to shut me down on that one. What about James Brown living in America? That's patriotic. James Brown singing about America. It's original, and he black. Living in America. Ah, <laughs> it's a good song, but keep it real, man. James Brown wrote that song for Rocky IV, and as soon as he finished singing it, Apollo Creed died in the ring. <laughs> it's a sad song. How can you hear living in America not think about Apollo Creed just falling lifeless today? <laughs> Michael B. Jordan lost his daddy that day. <laughs> <laughs> it's Living in America is not patriotic. It's the opposite. It's a secret message to black people. James Brown is one of the most masterful musicians to ever walk this earth, dude. It's a brilliant song. That song ain't got nothing to do with America. That entire song, Living in America, is a secret message to black folks. All you gotta do, listen to the end of the song. Very end of Living in America. All James Brown do is just start naming cities. That's it. End of the song. <laughs> Living in America, New Orleans, Detroit City, Dallas, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Atlanta. He's just naming safe places for black folks. <laughs> And then at the end, told black people specifically where to go rent an apartment. He was just <laughs> living in America, but only here in Detroit and Pittsburgh, <laughs> New York City, Kansas City. That's all. Don't go nowhere else. <laughs> go nowhere other than that. All right. Fucking great clip. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, let's let's talk about it. Why'd you pick the bit, Dan? That's such a funny bit. Um, yeah, Roy Wood's one of my favorite comics. I think it's such a um, I mean, he executes it. So, first of all, it's a very deep thing he's talking about. 
it's a very uh, the subject of it. I mean, he's talking about the sadness. He says like the sadness of a race of a full race of people. That's a very heavy subject, mm-hmm. and he's able to package it through this. First of all, universally um, accessible thing of music uh-huh. and popular music that we all love. He gets to package it in a fun way where he gets to sing and you know have the audience have the audience have fun that way. And, um, yeah, I, I think I also when, once he breaks it down, the idea of viewing the viewing, uh, uh, the race inside, uh, looking at the music through like a almost psychological lens, you know, there are a lot of song or bits that do like breakdowns of lyrics, but they're like, oh, isn't that lyric stupid? Do you yes. know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, oh, that guy's yeah. dumb. Whatever. It's like, uh-huh. oh, that Whereas this uneducated. Is, but here it's like he's, he's looking. Yes, he's like looking at it through like a historical lens uh-huh. or looking at it for like clues and the psychology of it and what that means. And it, it is yeah. an interesting breakdown of it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? It's switch, that switching the perspective from something that people might have just enjoyed. Sure. They listen to this. Oh, I love that song. Yes. And then all of a sudden you go. Hey, actually, maybe listen to the emotion underneath it, and right. it changes the whole song. Yes, exactly. Uh, and to be conscious of that. I mean, in that six minutes, he takes you through like African music. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that all counterpoint the way, is so from good. The blues all the way to Rocky Four. I forgot about the Michael B. Jordan reference. That's, That's so funny. funny at the end. <laughs> but literally, he's taking you through. Like hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. God damn it! I feel so stupid. Bit. I don't know the Michael B. Jordan reference. It's because he played Creed. He played Creed in the movie Creed. Michael B. Jordan plays Apollo Creed's son. Ah, uh, okay. And yeah, Apollo yeah. Creed is uh, Rocky Four. Yeah. Okay, who dies. Okay, yes. okay, that's go on. <laughs> Keep doing the podcast now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just think that's a great. It's just a great smart bit that's just hitting a bunch mm-hmm. of angles and is still fun and accessible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's never like it's talking about a very uh, heavy, real, important thing, uh-huh. but packaged in a way that upbeat, you know, upbeat, you don't yeah. feel like you're being preached at. It's still comedy. You it's know, full comedy. He, you know, it's very much. I, I've long said that, like Dave Chappelle, if you wrote out what he says a lot of the time, it's really sad. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. Right. Like the the baby selling crack on the street corner, or whatever. This is very similar. Like if you just wrote this out in a, it could this could be an essay, but because of his delivery, because of right. his animated way of doing this, you can hear the 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 mirth and the joy in his voice. Yes. People are like, okay, okay, you know what that is funny. Yeah. yeah. It is funny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's acted out. He's having fun singing. Right. Each song that he's singing. Right. Uh-huh. And he's breaking down. I mean, even just going within the songs and breaking down those clues of like that there are hidden messages of like uh, yeah. Detroit. No, the, the, yeah. the place. It's so funny. It's uh-huh. so funny. It is so funny. Um, yeah, I just think that's such a great bit. I well, I think my favorite moment in there was that what Keith Wooler or whatever his name is, the the guy who, where he's like, the, the counterpoint, he's like, proud to be, yes. you know, like yeah. that, when he sings that, that's so funny. Yeah, it's so that funny. Contrast. Yeah, it, it gives you that contrast of like, oh yeah, you're right. That is who, and especially framed in the context of Today, where you know the national anthem debate mm-hmm. and the kneeling and all that, mm-hmm. it's such a smart uh, lens to put it on mm-hmm. because that that is at the core of what that is. You uh-huh. know that there is a uh, fundamental uh, difference in understanding of what the that flag represents and mm-hmm. what the idea of America represents. You know, yeah. So and he's hitting on all that, like you said, and that you know a thing that someone I'm sure could tackle in like an academic essay or, you know, mm-hmm. something, give some report on it, but he just made it. You're right. 
fucking great bit. Our theme today is is perspective. And he's got a few things going on in terms of perspective shift. But I, before we dig into it, I want to talk about like, or at least explore why, why does it make us laugh so hard when we suddenly see something from another perspective? I think some of the, some of the best stuff, it's, um, you know, where you can find, I mean, obviously it's stuff where it's right there and in front of you the whole time. I mean, the audience, laugh, the reason your friends make you laugh more than anybody else is because there's all this context built yes. in. Um, yes. Built in context. Uh-huh. Stand up is impossible. Everyone's because, an archetype. Because you have to create funny in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. There's no context. So when you build in that context through stuff everybody knows, like these songs yeah. that he's referencing, everyone can get on board. Yeah. You know? Brian Regan so, says you have to set up the pin, all the pins right? Yeah. and then you can go bowling. Right. You have to set them up every single time. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, I think when, I think he just does that in a very effective way. Yeah. I think anytime you can do that and sort of uh, uh, just have someone click five degrees to the left or right. I mean, that's what I, is so fun for me. When you see something through that lens, it's like, oh, cool. That's how I'll see it now. Uh-huh. I can't unsee that. And that's great. And whether that's a minor observation it's like observational comedy thing or or a broader social racial or you know gender whatever thing it clicks you in yeah that's great because it's making you more aware and alive and you're laughing at it because it makes sense it's being presented in a way that's accessible to you yeah and then boom it's it 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 makes you broader it opens it up a little more the the essence of joke structure too is you think something's going one direction and then all of a sudden the last piece causes you to reinterpret what you just heard. And all yeah. of a sudden your perspective is shifted really fast. Right. There's something about that surprising change of perspective that incites the involuntary laughter response. It's a funk. It's so funky. And yeah. it can happen quick in a joke sure. or it can be a whole thing like this right. where this is like a, uh, he's laying this out almost like a philosophical argument point by point. Yeah. He's making his case. He's yes. doing the, yes. the, you know, when you're taught like uh, five paragraph essays or whatever, uh-huh, uh-huh. it's like point one, point two, point three, conclusion, there it is. And yeah. you're like, cool, yeah. this is proved. You yeah. got it, you know? You have the counter argument, proud to be an American, and uh-huh. then subverting it. It's very uh, carefully structured, and but fun the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the best. I love when it's, because it's like, yeah, perspective that that it just wouldn't have occurred to me presented in that way. Mm-hmm. But once it's presented that way, it's like, of course, a hundred percent. Yeah. Right. When he says we created an entire genre of music based, based on, on sadness, sad, based <laughs> on sad, that's such a funny, like distilled down to its essence. That's the bit. Yes. Like yeah. that's, and that's such a powerful statement. Uh-huh. And there's so many implications of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a funny, big, bold statement you know and then he can go into the little examples of like george on my mind or living in america or whatever but like it's got the idea of like music based on sadness Uh is so funny (laughs) so yeah Yeah. and also it's also right under our nose like right there yeah totally the blues yeah 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 yeah. i never understood why it's a color and the africa (laughs) example it's like well that was upbeat because we were happy we were free (laughs) that's great that's a great fun yeah 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 and and then every little every little example that he has causes you to reinterpret another thing you already know 
in that lens. Right. Like he keeps he keeps shifting. He's got, I'm going to take this song away from you. Right. I'm going to take yes. this song yeah. away yeah. from you. But it's not even taking it away. It's like just consider this carefully. You uh, know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. And consider who the artist is or who the artists are uh-huh. that are pushing these ideas because when we hear them all on the radio you know you just hear them you don't really consider yeah when you're a kid you just hear these songs and you don't really consider this or that or who it's coming from yeah but like he says like you know he says it's like from the psyche so it's like they're all coming from a uh a songwriter or group or whatever that's trying so, to express something i think what know? i mean when i say take it away from right. you i don't mean like now you can't enjoy this song what i, I think what, to put a finer point on it i think i mean he, what he initially said which is i'd rather talk to somebody who disagrees with me than someone with their eyes closed right oh, he's, I, yeah, I mean, point. He's, yeah. yeah you've listened you grew up listening to this right. and nodding your head maybe singing along joyfully right i'm gonna take that naivete away yes. from you yes because i would rather totally you have your eyes open you have the context that it's yeah based out of and that's yes. the that's 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 such an awesome thing in comedy when you uh, can do that. Yes. You know? I love that. So let's talk a little bit about the theme. Of <laughs> <laughs> You're giving me this look, Dan. No, it's funny. It's funny. It's, it's funny. It's sort of like pivots back. It's all funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, nobody likes to see the sausage made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so perspective. Um, there are a yeah. whole bunch of different ways common ways that we shift perspective i think like uh one of the major ways is age right so you'll have it's fun to have a bit where all of a sudden you are reinterpreting something that you took to be normal as a child but now you're an adult right right or vice versa like hey think about how kids might look at this crazy thing we do as adults Mm -hmm. shifting that perspective is something that most of us can do totally because by the time you're listening to stand up you've been both an adult and a child for sure yeah uh and and the same is true obviously with the roy wood jr bit of of race like take yourself out of your context let's let's shift that perspective and you can look at it from this perspective for a moment for sure um you know uh Seinfeld has that one about like if you know that we the dogs are like leading us like if aliens were to come to visit like yes. who would they think is running it like yeah, yeah. who would they think is running the show and uh-huh. it's such a funny very quick right there it's like yeah boom there's a clear visual sure and it just makes you like reconsider that yes mm-hmm. it is funny and so there would funny. be that disconnect you as know? long and it, and that is something about that there's something just so powerful yeah um when your perspective is shifted quickly like you don't sure. you don't expect it to happen you're like oh 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 right. like it, i feel like maybe i'm wrong it's, i'm talking out of school here but i think if it happens more slowly it's not as powerful if there's almost like if there's a snap you get the the laughter yeah the well i think that's a lot of stuff it's when you like blast through it mm-hmm. that that's when the funny the funniest shit is like you have an idea and you just blast through and so doing that quickly and powerfully is very effective and uh yeah i, I love that i mean i think it's the, that's really just like empathy you know i mean you're just considering someone else's perspective whether it's you know that their perspective, like a different races' perspective on music, or aliens looking at mm-hmm. a dog leader. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. It's still, it's like just consi- getting outside of your own head for a second. Yeah. And I think so much in co- like comics and then audience too. You know, just living their lives. Like you just spend so much time in your own head with your own shit, your own problems. It's fun to just get channeled out for a second, right? And just see the absurdity of it. You know? And that's and that's part of the the job of. Um, 
it's it's like the compact that we have with uh, with the audience. Right. You say, okay, I'm going to control the frame, just like a just like a movie, just like a, a film director has mm-hmm. the frame. Now you're looking at this vignette. Totally. Now you're looking at this scene. Now you're looking at this scene. I'm going to control everything you see. Right. The stand-up comic does that with words and their and their countenance. Totally. Right. Yeah. And and the agreement is. That the uh, the uh, the audience says, "Okay, I'll I'll let you control my frame." Right. Yeah. I, yes. I better fucking laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the end. Yeah. Like film is yeah more like stand up than like like a play. You know, because in a play, like the audience can look wherever. Dude, they can't really control that. There's people on stage, and somebody right. can look there, or they can look there. Maybe you can try by smiling. But film, like it's like the director's always like telling you where to look. Mm-hmm. Like a. a the doorknob turning or whatever it is, so, they're telling you where to look. And stand up, yeah, is the same way. Telling it's people like, to do that in their own mind, right? They're te- you're telling you who we're focusing on for a second. Who you know? Uh-huh. Someone mentioned to me that, and there's a scene in Taxi Driver where he's making this really uncomfortable, awkward phone call, yeah. And like Scorsese does this thing where he's like shooting him in the phone booth and then f- pans away, so it's like I can't even watch the person make this uncomfortable right. phone right, right, phone right. call, and that yeah. changes the dynamic of the scene, right? Because well, yeah, I mean that character is such a you know, psychotic. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's good to sort of pan out for a second uh-huh. and zoom out and see like, Oh, this is where he's existing. Yeah. In this city uh-huh. and in this world. Uh huh. Cause it also gives so you the- in his sort of, uh, psychotic perspective. Yeah. yeah for it's a kind of a of point it. of view movie. It's good. It's good to take it out and, Remind the audience that, like, yeah, he's not right. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, it's kind of like when a comedian makes a bit, and it's like they're um, they're discussing like a, a an awkward situation they're having with another individual, and then they'll like mention, and then this guy uh, to the right of us is like, "I gotta get the fuck out of here," you right. know that yes, little yes, like yes. pivot from it's like just a brief perspective. Yeah, of that's a the best. The, the, the idea, the idea of yeah, because it's like. And and some comics are so good at that, like Nate, I guess the guy's great at that. Yeah. It's like of hitting multiple perspectives. And that's also how you can flesh out a bit longer. Because mm-hmm. if it's only your perspective, that's b- boring. Yeah. Especially if you're talking about shit that involves other people, which almost anything does. Yeah, you yeah. exist in the world, you know? Like so it's like if it's this one-sided thing, if it's just like, oh, this barista's dumb, whatever it is. Uh-huh. It's like, but there are other people there, like what's that person's take on it yeah it's like oh this barista's dumb it's also like yeah why should that barista like spell your name right who yeah, cares yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah you're not paying them enough <laughs> yeah, yeah. that i'm gonna learn to spell like your name for go fuck yourself yeah, yeah totally oh there's two l's in it cool take your coffee and go you know what i mean yeah so it's like no, there it's just like it's like considering that other lens that isn't just from like oh, you should consider other people. It also just makes the bit funnier. It just yeah. fills it out. It gives another angle to it. And the more angles you have, the more full yeah. all the material is. I, I really enjoy an, another kind of perspective shift, which is where, like, it's I, I call it, for lack of a better way to say it, absurdist anthropomorphizing. Like, where you're like, what does Mother Earth think about all these humans on top of Mother like an Earth. Infra- infra- yeah, like, yeah. Like, okay, but we're anthropomorphizing yeah, the yeah, planet, no, for sure, right? For in sure. this absurdist way, like like we're some sort of infestation or whatever. Like, yeah. or or you know, what is what what is uh, I don't know what what is what does the microphone feel with uh, with with Harrison's horrible breath? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like yeah, like Gary Goldman does that really well, where yeah. he talks, he makes an- yeah. inanimate objects talk to each other, right? And that's very very funny. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. 
I, yeah, I like that. I think that's, uh, I think that's fun. I think it's so, when suddenly I'm thinking about something from the, uh, the perspective of a dog sure, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, because one other time, when, what else do you do that? Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really fun. I mean, it is a way to, yeah. I mean, it, obviously it can range in effectiveness, but if you're able to, I think if you build that world with enough realism, yeah. you know, and you try to get that grounded perspective, like Roa does in that bit, then you can go off and be a little silly or whatever. But yeah. it's like once you establish this world that everyone is on board with, uh-huh. then they'll, they'll ride with you into crazy totally. town a little bit. You yeah, know? yeah. It's almost like you need to get that one fast, hard laugh mm-hmm. that, okay, now we're in this yeah, world. Yeah, you hook them. You've cool. acknowledged this yeah. is funny. Yeah. Now I can play here. And but here's my point. you don't get that and off you go, yes. people are like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another thing we talked about was when we learn something different about the comic. Yeah. And how that influences, as an audience, how that influences our perspective right. on that comedian's material. Sure. Right? Like So ca- case in point, like... Um, Cosby would be the primary example for me. Yeah. Loved Cosby, mm. saw him live multiple times, yeah. just really looked up to him. And, sure. um, but it, none of his stuff is particularly funny to me anymore because it's hard to watch <laughs> a guy t- complain about his wife. <laughs> it was such so, a horrible person when you find out he's been raping people for decades. It was so, it was so insane when, do you remember when like all the women were coming forward and he was still going on tour. Like he was still going yeah, on this nationwide yes. tour. Yes. And he was still doing shows. And people were like showing up to protest. Yeah. And he would be on stage and he'd be like, it's tough being a grandfather. And everyone's like, you're a rapist. <laughs> it's yes. tough being a grandfather. Being what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the dentist is crazy. Like the debt. Did you rape a hundred women? <laughs> the dentist. What? You're really talking about cavities? Uh, oh, God. And the wife puts the coaster. Yeah. Over, like, so, dude. So, <laughs> right. So I mean, uh, obviously, a thing like that, like, it can't not have but, an impact, you know. But I, I mean, it does. You know, there's that's all oh, that that huge debate about. Well, can't you separate the artist from the? Not really. When the I mean, I don't think when the when the artist. You you believe in who they are, and that sure. is, and their jokes are based on who they are. Sure, as they present themselves on stage. Sure, and then you find out all this other shit about them. It's just like, well, oh, <laughs> right. You know, it's a good example would be if we found out um, Louis beats his kids all the time. Mm-hmm. That would none of that shit would be funny anymore. Yeah, yeah, right. Sure. Like yeah. It, that would that would ruin it. I feel like there's a better example for Louis that's real though. <laughs> <laughs> What if, like, Louis C.K. is just, like, an innocent man? (laughs) I was trying to find an example that wasn't what he's, Uh, The jerking off. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But I think it can also be, like, when it's not, like, a negative, horrible thing. Yep. Like, Bill Burr just had a baby girl. That's so fun. Because it's, like, this, like, angry, like, playfully misogynistic yeah, like his persona or the contrast the, the contrast and now he's got to raise a himself. tiny woman yeah and it's like this yeah. is such great comedy <laughs> yeah i remember yeah i remember when he s- said on stage that he got married in one of his specials and even that got a laugh because right. his whole thing had yeah. been railing against Anthony. marriage yes for years yes yeah and years uh-huh. and, and then just kids. to come out right all of it and then yeah. just to come out and admit you know that yeah. he 
yeah, ended up living by none of it. It's I know. Funny. Yeah. It's just funny. <laughs> Seinfeld did that too, where he was talking to like uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, and he, she was like, "You always told me uh, you would never get married." And he was like, "I still feel that way." Right. <laughs> yeah. Married like twenty years. Yeah, he's been married like nine years. kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really funny. If you like, let's talk about sets, and we're so excited. So many people do. Just um, take a minute and share the show. And send us thousands of dollars. Those are the two things. Those are the best things you could, or millions. I mean, it's honestly like we would accept any amount of money that you wanted to send us. And, and this, I don't mean to sound weird or crazy or whatever, but more is better. Uh, definitely. Or you could not pay us at all. And you could just say, Hey, I know somebody who would think this is awesome and send it to them. Take a minute. Stop right now. Do that right now. Or not. You could also do that. You could also just do nothing and enjoy our content and that's fine too one other thing the audio on dan's clip was clipped the sound of the applause and laughter was too loud for the microphone on the camera so i did my best to clean it up it's still a little rough but it's funny so enjoy you mentioned one of your favorite things to do is to zoom in or out as a technique to sure. shift perspective i don't know i think some people are like really awesome uh, storytellers you know and i don't i don't feel that way myself but it's like it, it's fun to when you take an anecdote you know which ev everyone does and to display that but then like take that micro and then zoom out into and think big picture okay on what that what that means if it's something weird somebody said or whatever some interaction like not to just be like well that was a weird thing they said but like what does that mean mm -hmm. in some broader context and maybe some of that is a sort of uh, uh the nature of some sort of depressive mindset where you're thinking yeah. on this more like bigger uh, scale uh -huh. but that that is a fun approach to take you i know? think that's one of your towering strengths as a comedian too like i've listened to you i've watched you do it where uh all of a sudden you go from something somebody said or did sure and then now it's 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 blown up into this criticism of society. And <laughs> it's fucking great. Yeah. It's so fun. It's it's fun. It's yeah, because I mean, but that's and that's just like the thoughts. It's fun to let your mind sort of go and to tree branch out. So uh -huh. it's like, oh, they're saying that. So why are they saying? I mean, it's he like it's looking at the psychology of it. Uh -huh. You know, it's someone saying this. Why are they saying this? Or what is sort of reflected? Totally. By that, what's my reaction to it? What does that mean on some bigger scale that we're all accepting? You know, yeah. it's it's tough to describe in these sort of vague terms without the uh, concrete sort of um, example. But but that is a fun approach, and that is what I like to do when I have some anecdote. If I can't figure out a way to sort of branch out from it mm -hmm. and present it in some broader way, yeah, because um, that feels more fun and real. Than starting with some big thing about like society of like uh yeah uh, love is a myth or whatever you know what I mean <laughs> yeah totally like, and that because everyone's like what and then you gotta like it's so much better to take it from this like mic it's not microaggression if a micro like, thing you can hook them because then it, the, people relate to that for sure other people have lived that you know they can understand uh -huh. that and then from there it's like okay so now that we've all had this experience yeah, or like understand snowballs. this experience what feel, does this mean on a broader thing I can feel myself getting better as a comedian while you're talking about <laughs> like, i can think of bits right now sure. that i'm like oh i'm starting from macro and nobody's jumping on board right and instead if it's if i keep it small something right. that could happen in your life tomorrow yeah right 
something you might see on the street. Sure. Then all of a sudden I can then I can go the other direction. I think I'm going backwards a lot. Yeah. And I lose people huh. from the beginning. And some people get on board because they'll be able to go. They'll be able to work backwards. Right. But I think it's almost harder to work backwards. I think uh, it is too. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's fun to not stop with the anecdote. You know. Or Just what keep I, going. What I mean is, like, I'll have yeah, a big the, idea, right? And then I'll try to work my way backward to you, right? Right to, to the, an example, life. yes, right. But people are already—they're not hooked in, right? They're yeah. just like, why are you talking about these? These big ideas, vague, who do you sort think of, you are? Right, yeah, you're, yeah. You're talk, yeah you're, if you're talking about these, like, like, what are you, Proust? You know what I mean? Like, you're <laughs> just, like, trying to spout some, like, I don't even know what you I'm would have argued. I'm such an idiot! But, <laughs> Damn it. You know, you're tra- some philosophical theory or whatever it is, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, so we're from we're from Sweden, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, totally. like well, we, don't, we know, like, four things about, you know, like, uh about what you could possibly talk about. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, so I think that's just a, a good a way I like to approach it. Yeah. The first joke on your um, on your clip. Pretty without makeup thing. Is that, does that qualify, do you think? I think it does, yeah. Okay, why don't we just play it, and sure. we'll, we'll yeah. talk about yeah. it. Okay. So this is Dan Perlman. This is from his stand-up showcase set in 2017 at New York Comedy Club. I was talking to a friend the other day, we were talking about like what uh, types we're attracted to, like dating-wise. And my friend, he goes, he's like, I'm more attracted to girls who are like naturally pretty, like without wearing any makeup. That's the thing you always hear guys say, just seem like down-to-earth or, or humble. But if you think about it, that's like, that's, that's really like the highest standard. <laughs> For any girl, just to be like, look, I'm a simple dude, man. All I'm asking for is genetic perfection. (laughs) 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 Think of me a pick, you don't need some like dolled up Hollywood actress. I just want one of God's home runs. (laughs) (laughs) A fucking masterpiece. All right. <laughs> Such a good bit. Uh, yeah, so I feel I feel like that's some example of that. I mean, you know, that's a thing. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the that first laugh there is just at the sort of recognition yeah. of the absurdity. The, the absurdity of it and then just heightened. I mean, you know, it's pretty mm-hmm. basic. It's um yeah, I don't know. That one's fun. That one's fun to play with. Right. Yeah. Right. Because it's a thing I've, you know, you hear all the time. It's a thing I've said. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you just call yourself out on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you, know, you always have to have done it yourself, I feel like. Totally. You know? Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. hard to shit on things. That right, right, right. Otherwise, you're just being snarky. But if, yeah. you, like, if, you, if you're guilty of it, too, it's <laughs> a lot easier to just, like, pile down on yourself and be like... <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, everyone has... Because you think it's this, like, noble sort of thing. Uh-huh. But it's, like... Yeah, you're just full of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just completely full of shit. Yeah, um, yeah, and it, it, it's that's really just like heightening that, but sort of when, take, just you... taking a step back from that immediate thing is fun. When yeah. you wrote that joke, had you just said that, or had you heard someone else say that and be like, "Oh, I've said that," and I said, "I must have said probably like probably idiot. the latter," because oftentimes, uh-huh. oftentimes it's tough to, or maybe you, I, I don't remember if said in someone called me out or something or yeah but oftentimes you you realize how dumb you are when you're looking at someone else do Doing what you that. do yeah. yeah you know what i mean and you're yes. like, oh that's stupid i do that yeah. i don't want to be like that you know what i mean like, oh absolutely you, you yeah see, it's easier to see mm-hmm. 
when you see traits or things in yourself and other people, it's yeah. easier to correct it. Because I've forgiven myself because I have to walk around with me all the time. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. You look at them and it's like, well, they shouldn't do that. And you let them keep walking around with their mistakes. For sure. You course correct. I don't know if this yeah. happens to you, but like I'll have a strong reaction to somebody's behavior and then I'll have to backtrack and go, oh, I really didn't like that because that's me. That's, that's me all the way. That happens all the time, I feel <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. That's yeah. mostly what we hate about others. Right. Is what we right. Yeah, so yeah. some projection of... Oh, yeah, for sure. Some terrifying fear that that's how you are. Yeah. 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 I'm just... A, I love... The way you phrase it is so great. It, I'm just a simple dude. All I'm asking for is genetic perfection. Yeah. <laughs> I just want God's home run. Yeah. That's a really funny. Yeah. Thing. That's such a fun phrase to say. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun to invoke God. I mean, again, that's the big picture thing, but it's... Yeah. That's a fun thing to do. Uh-huh. Because it's like the highest for sure but just to toss it out mm-hmm. in some grounded context still feels fun yeah, it's yeah. like you're talking about zooming out that's yes. the highest you know what i mean yeah and just settling you, i like this is a great example too of you not just settling on the anecdote right right so here's the anecdote look isn't that weird or or you know what's uh, isn't that stupid and then people a lot of pl- times comics will just stop and they'll be like Great laugh of recognition. Okay, sure. yeah, yeah, we that that is stupid. Look how great we are. Right, but instead you're you know I, okay. The anecdote's just just the the key in the door. Right. Yes. That that's that's what opens the portal to your behavior, others. You know, just some idea of how to interact, how others might feel about it. You yeah. know, um, yeah, and then that hope hopefully makes you more aware of it going forward when you're fleshing out. Um, the different angles of it. What is, do you have uh, a process? Like what, what specifically? I love, I love people's processes. I like, uh, I'll do a few ways. I can't, I can't type out jokes. I wish I could. I just Mm -hmm. can't sit and type. It feels too, um, it ends up feeling too uh, book reporty when I do that. You know what I mean? Like do you bullet form, bullet point? And then like kind of right on stage or oh yeah, I'll I'll jot sometimes if I'm like walking out and talking to myself, that's how, I'll do it and I record every set because when you listen back, especially when it's Important. new, yeah. it's so much easier to tag yourself yeah. when you're hearing it, I find. Um, and then, yeah, I like bullet and sort of tree branch out. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the where that perspective thing comes out of the different angles of like, mm-hmm. like it's very much like a who, what, when, where, why kind of thing. And so it's easy. It's easier to sort of mind map it that way for me. And then from that, you just circle the what ends up being the, I, I funnier, the funnier stuff. The who, what, when, where, why thing. Sure. Um, so when you're fleshing out an idea like this, you have the anecdote or the general large idea and the anecdote associated with it or something. Sure. You're fleshing it out. Do you literally go through and say, like, okay, who, what, when, where, why? Is that something that you do or is this you just naturally end up doing it? I think uh, early early on I naturally or uh, I consciously did it. Mm-hmm. And then after a while it's like... Yeah, you just go, but yeah. then you, you sort of follow where the thoughts go. And if something ends up being a more interesting mm-hmm. idea of it, and often you'll start with an anecdote or something. You're like, oh, there's something funny there. And when you're flushing out the angles, maybe the third or fourth angle you think of ends up being the most interesting one. Right. You know, but you don't know that until you toss all of them out. For sure. Mm-hmm. So and then you might have to move that up. Like Totally. Yeah. Your first your first, first instinct to it isn't always uh-huh. the best one. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the easiest one. Yeah. Totally. Or the thing that anybody, you know, you see people write 
jokes on Twitter or whatever, and a thousand people come up with uh-huh. the same just because it's the first connection. Yeah, that and you think it might was. be too much of a jump? Like the um, I heard something about Mulaney doing a Caroline's set, and it was like it just didn't go well. It was like when he was had done Conan, but he wasn't a big name. Oh, okay, and he was saying how. Uh, like the headliner was like, you're very clever, but like they don't have time for you to be clever. Like get to the oh, point. Oh, yes, I heard that. Yeah. And then it was like the thing about um, seeing a movie for like $50 million. Like I just want right. to look at $50 million. And right. that used to be like far in the joke and they just moved it to the top. Right. And then everything swims in the wake of that like for sure hard angle, you know? Yes. I mean that's 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 a whole other thing when you start thinking about what the the audience like who the audience is yeah. and winning them over quickly totally and when they don't know who you are uh-huh. you have to win them over with because they don't oh, these established guys if, with an audience yeah these comics like the audience knows their perspective and trusts their perspective they walk you know? on stage with instant credibility right and and trust for them to be led somewhere which the yeah, comics earn through. Fun, yeah you know, being great for a long time. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, without that, yeah, it's tough because you have to then establish very quickly. Yeah. This is who I am or this is my, you have established some, you know, some go self-awareness of what they look like or whatever, mm-hmm. establish some perspective that the audience can latch on to, totally. um, whatever it is, but it has to be done quick because otherwise it's like, who are we looking at? Yeah. If you, if you get up there and you're launching into like, you know, my father and I haven't spoken in 11 years. Like, who are you? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. You're take us on some long <laughs> journey? Stupid who are we looking at? Yeah, yeah. What? That's really funny. <laughs> Recently, I, I got notes from my co-producer, Teresa Sheffield, yeah. on, on hosting. So yeah. I'm trying to get better at that. Sure. And um, and and she was like, well, Jeffy, you, know, you really need to acknowledge you're, you're, you're performing in front of all these young kids a lot because there's NYU nearby. Sure. And so you need to acknowledge who you are when you get up there and what they see. You know, you're a bald, white, middle-aged man. And I was right. like, huh. <laughs> 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 middle-aged? That's, <laughs> that's, I've never had a problem with being 39, 40. Yeah. I, I, yeah. But that's, middle-aged is a sad time. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a sad time. Yeah. It hurts so bad. I was like, okay, okay. All right. Yeah. But everyone's, yeah. But to them, everyone's middle-aged. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, Jeffrey, you're not young to them. Right. Yeah. You're young in your <laughs> <At> heart. <laughs> that's really funny. But the, I mean, there's so much truth to that where it's like, yeah, I mean, the, the, when they don't know you have to establish that you, at least you know who you are mm-hmm. very quickly. Yeah. Or you have a defined sense of who you are. And you got to establish. otherwise, why should they care if you don't even know? Even if it's not like... This is where I'm coming from. This is who I am. Sure. You have to like yeah. set yourself up to have a perspective that like is the voice of your joke. Yeah, and some some like you open with something that's like this is kind of gonna be what everything. Yeah, like. this is some it's some self self assuredness. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's uh, yeah, maybe I should maybe I should like try to relate to them by just being like, but I've stayed young at heart by getting divorced. Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like that really sure. kept me young. Yeah, it yeah. kept me young because younger relate. than divorced. Most freshmen will relate to being divorced. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do cool young things like get divorced. Come on. Yeah. I have I'm, a shoehorn. Yeah, I know all about freshman orientation. <laughs> divorced girl. <going on. laughs> like my uncle. <laughs> Come on. Let's talk about sex. Let's take a minute here to introduce Dan Perlman. Oh, crazy. Yeah, we're yeah, Mavericks. Yeah. <laughs> I've been here. <laughs> we're blazing trail. Yeah. So Dan Perlman is a stand-up comedian. He's a writer. 
he's done a lot. And he's also, uh, Dan, you're one of the more humble guys on the scene. It's so, it's, it is uh, a very charming thing. And I make you more uncomfortable by the second <laughs> by telling you anything good about you. I appreciate it. I do. The look on you, like, he, you literally was like, can I get under the table? <laughs> you want to hear? No, I, yeah, that's nice of you. That's nice of you to say. You've really, done, done a lot, man. And, it, and it's really cool to see, um, uh, you know, the hard work that you put into things pay off. Like, mm-hmm. uh, for example, you've had, uh, how, how many pilots have you had um, looked at, picked up? I told, I did one animated pilot. I wrote and sold that to Fox and did the pilot, didn't go to series and then have written others, but um, that whatever being looked at, but the, the one that's gotten the most heat lately is the Flatbush thing that I do with Kevin Iso, who's also a very funny comic. Flatbush, Flatbush misdemeanors. misdemeanors. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's and, good. And by, by heat, he means, um, let's see here, LA Film Festival, Florida Film Festival, Grand Jury Award. It means it's Oscar qualified, Slam Dance Film, Film Festival, and more. Wow. Like, like this, it's, if you go and you look at the beginning of, of it, 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 there's all these like, you know the black and white leaves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just yeah, see it on the so. front of a of a. You see it on the front of any film, and there's just like a bunch of leaves, and you're like, "Oh, I think this is a good one." <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. He's got all these leaves. <laughs> <laughs> leaves, and then words in between the leaves. That's, wow. Oh, fuck! Yeah. I gotta watch yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> there's like leaves. nine of them. <laughs> That's a twelve leafer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Someone use that. Yeah, man. And you've done it. And also, like, uh, I've booked you a lot on, on shows that I've shows are great. people. And it's always a pleasure. I, I mean, man, I just I just love your comedy. So I'm, I'm happy to have you on here. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, it's over. We did it. <laughs> oh, we did it. No, I appreciate That's it. it. That's our show. I appreciate it. Yeah. No, we're all at the, the accolade section is over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and by the way, you have done more, but uh, well, I won't. No, I, whatever. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, um, no, I sincerely appreciate it. And it's um, nice. Yeah, I don't know. I just like making, uh, doing stand up and making stuff. So it's cool when that can find any sort of avenue for people yep. to see it, you know? Yep. I can't believe we haven't had you on before because um, we've crossed paths so much. Mm-hmm. And this is like your the way the thoughtful way that you do your work um, is this. It's so analytical. Sure. Yeah. Um, and every conversation I've had, I've walked away being like, well, I never thought about that before. I feel dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I like I like if someone makes me feel dumb. I don't know. Yeah, but that's the same yeah. thing. It's any sort of like, yeah. oh, cool. I can carry that with me. Now, yeah, it's not. A, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do have a moment where I kick myself and I'm like, how could I not see that? Like, right. I, I, how did I miss that? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh um. Yeah. I don't know. It's fun. It's fun to break that stuff down. I mean, you're just because then you're just trying to replicate it and uh, heighten it and do it at a higher level. So mm-hmm. once you figure out some sort of pattern of what's working for you. That's the idea of figuring out your voice or honing in on it. You know, mm-hmm. you've never fully figured it out, but it's a constantly evolving thing. And you, you started in Chicago, right? Yeah, barely. I, I went to school there. I'm from New York. And so then I moved back to New York right, right after I finished school and then just started just going and bombing at open mics. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So I did that just you know, everywhere. And then, yeah, just sort of slowly was just trying to s- slowly get less bad. When you know? did you start in New York? When? Yeah. Uh, like late summer 2012. Okay. Yeah. So about six years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
and then yeah so i've just been here the whole time which is good i think it's cool starting here because a there's so many places to get on stage and b there's no fooling yourself you know you're just confronted <laughs> right away like oh i suck yeah because there's so many <laughs> so painful that's there's, funny there's a, i mean there's a lot of like bad comedy but there's also the best comics right yeah they're, and they're there right. and there's no hiding in your face yes there's yeah. no hiding that so it's like you just have to confront that. There are else. so many undeniable comics. 100%. And then you're like, I'm deniable. 100%. Fully. Total Denial. deniability. Fully. I probably, like, less than a year in, like, would do, like, check spots at Stand Up New York. And it would be like, at the time, it would be like, people like, uh, like, Andrew Schultz, or like, Big J, Attel, uh. me doing checks, and then, like, Greer closing. Uh. And it would be like... It, then when I went up like during a check, it's they couldn't have even known that I was trying to do comedy. You know what I mean? <laughs> they probably thought I was like just there to like clean the mic or something. You know, or, like test the levels for career. Like they like I don't even know what we're looking at. You know what I mean? Like what were you're you like, talking about you're the, earlier? You're the audience calmer downer because they were they were having right. a good yes, time. Yes, they're having a good time. It's just like settle it. Right. You're yeah, the emotional sure intermission. They're like, oh, I don't even know if this guy's saying words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even know they do poetry. Uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> early, I wanted about? to find check spot because uh, oh, a check spot is uh, this. Uh, I'll get your thing, but the second to last <laughs> spot of the show at a lot of clubs, the the wait staff will pass out checks, and that's at some clubs where they'll develop the new comics because you know the established um, you know veteran uh, paid comics don't want to have to deal with an audience arguing about how much to tip and all that uh-huh. stuff. Um, and so and it's a great way to give um, you know, unestablished comics an yeah, opportunity to shot bomb to in front be of the right, Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> to be like, oh, these are like the first jokes I did that people are liking. And we're like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, we're not going to listen to that. <laughs> Early on, it was a lot of because um, I think I had a lot more uh, insecurity at the time. So uh-huh, it was a lot yeah. of stuff about that. It was it was a lot of shyness stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of. Um, yeah, things things dealing with that. Yeah. So it was an interesting sort of evolution because it was a lot of stuff that was dealing with sort of anxiety in some ways. Yeah. And then as I felt more comfortable, not just on stage, but just like in life, then uh-huh. that stuff kind of faded because it felt sort of uh, felt sort of weird to do jokes about it when I didn't so much feel that way yeah. anymore, you know? But that's early yeah. on was a big a big thing I would hit, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think actually speaking of the... Well, <laughs> this is an awkward pause. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I was trying to decide whether to bring this up or not, but I think it's, I think it's kind of uh, yeah, funny. Ahead. Like uh, one, of, one of my earlier interactions with you is um, I had it in my mind I was going to do... I wanted to put together like a benefit for the Depression and Anxiety um, Association of America. Yes, yes. And I was, I was really... I, I tried... I didn't know enough people at the sure. time really... And or have uh, I mean, and honestly, I ended up being too depression anxious to follow through with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I remember like talking to you about it a right. little bit, and like um, I still one day would love to do that. And now I have, I think, more of the chops to pull it off and the mm-hmm. te- and the connections. But and at the time, it was just premature. I think. Sure. Um, but I definitely I remember I was talking about it a little bit, and but now you don't you don't feel it anymore. As I much. don't. I mean, I, I you know I have depression, so I deal with that, and I talk about that. That's in that set also. You know. Um, but I like that's fun to talk about the depression stuff because again you're talking about it in the context of, I mean you're talking about it in a certain context, yeah. Packaging it a certain way, 
it's cool the people that can talk about that stuff. You know, someone like Bamford is someone who is so inspiring with oh, how right. she talks about it. And because um, she talks about it in a way that does not feel uh, affected and performative. You know, I think a lot of times people talk about that stuff. There's some uh, fetishizing of it, you know, like, oh, isn't this cute? Isn't this fun? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Totally. And... You know, it's none of that stuff. Yeah, no. Depression or any of that. So it's, but to not fetishize it, but still talk about it in a real way is really uh, smart and cool and powerful. And I think more effective. Yeah, man. Um, And I, uh, I've I've heard some of your material on that stuff. Um, Speaking of your material, let's play a little bit more. I've struggled with uh, depression a little bit. And uh, I'm from New York City, so it's too rough a place to deal with that. You know, a couple years ago, I called uh, a suicide hotline and i because though so, so there's two of them so there's a national one and there's a new york one <laughs> so the national one they just let you talk for as long as you need they just like stay on the phone with you and the new york one i swear they hang up after 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> Tell you like everything you need to know about New York. <laughs> They're like most of the country is like, oh, we just want help. We just want you to be okay. And like New Yorkers are just like, yeah, how'd you get this number? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, is this the, the suicide hotline? He's like, yeah, suicide hotline. Make it quick. <laughs> A lot of shit to do, so. Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, I've just been in a lot of pain. And, uh, yo, buddy, buddy, you gotta speak up. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you can't mumble the shit, there's fucking noise. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, sorry, but, yeah, I've just been feeling down a lot, so I wanna, like, isolate myself, because. I feel bad you don't be around people, you know, but then it doesn't, it just kind of makes it worse, you know, so it just feels like kind of spiraling down a train, you know? Hello? (laughs) 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 Yeah, sorry, buddy. I'm actually getting on the train now, so I gotta hang up. (laughs) This fucking city, man, I swear to God. Nightmare, yeah. Jesus, you think you got problems. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, tell you what, hey, uh, uh, keep your chin up and uh, I go Mets, okay? <laughs> go Mets. <laughs> All right. That's very. So oh great. man, love that band. <laughs> yeah, that one's fun to do. That's a really hard. Oh man, that's really hard to pull off in that funny, upbeat way. That's, yeah, well, that's that's the fun. Yeah, that, that idea of like, yeah, yeah. It's can, like totally lonely. It's like I'm yes. so lonely. The people that tell me they'll help me will hang up on me right. after ten minutes. Right. But somehow it's like they're reacting in this like joyous laughter way. It doesn't feel. I'm, it doesn't feel like. I mean, there is tension release, but For it's sure. not like. It's not like, oh, God. <laughs> right, right, right. Mean? No, yeah, and I don't, I don't want, yeah, you, you don't want people to be like, oh, you know, that's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. opposite of what you want. And you don't want people to, you're aware that people might tighten up totally. up front. But once you, like, establish it uh-huh. of the, 
the perspective or the idea that everyone has about the coldness mm-hmm. of New Yorkers and you set up this character who again is totally doing his own thing <laughs> yeah. you know it's it's a, uh, a, it felt like a, a sketch too yeah, it's like obviously a caricature it as a sketch yes almost. exactly it's obviously a caricature of yeah. it but this reality of everyone doing their own thing uh-huh. and not being fully concerned or engaged as they're talking to you yeah. and you're like on this brink uh-huh. and they're just sort of like yeah, you know, okay. wh- whatever. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Hang in there. Okay. <laughs> it's like uh, it's uh, that's fun to play with because uh-huh. uh, even though it's even though it's an, uh, an exaggeration of it, the ten minutes thing is not. Yeah, but uh, the exaggeration in terms of the character, the, I think there's still some core yeah. accuracy in that. Uh huh. In the sort of. Uh, uh, uncaring might be cool, but you know, self-focused yeah. nature that everyone has. They're just yeah. concerned with their own shit, uh-huh. and that's that's just what everyone is. They're just distracted with their own shit. Yeah, you know, well, it's twofold because New York is sort of as a culture of success, right? Right, right, and drive, right, and ambition. Yes, and then also you are so constantly bombarded with everybody else's needs, desires, right? You know, agendas. Yes. Everybody butting their way into your life one way or another, right. physically or not, and so you develop. This and this is coming from somebody from Montana, which sure. is really different. Right. You, at first, I thought New Yorkers were cold, right, and distant and kind of assholes. And then I realized, no, 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 no. They are responding to the pressures of the culture of the society, right, right, and right. That you kind of have to because you just don't. There's no one, no human being has um, the ability to be there for everybody that they're walking around when they're, when they're walking around being bumped into by millions of people. Right. And that's what I tried to hit, you know, like the word choice is careful with that. And that's what I tried to hit when you, and he says like, man, you think you got problems? Like everyone thinks they have it. Yeah. The worst, you know what I mean? <laughs> totally. and like, he's like, you have no idea what I'm going through. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got to do this. I got to run there. You uh-huh. know, he's like I'm probably on the dream, going buddy. through his own stuff. Yeah. Like, it's like, so it's, that's that idea you're trying to hit. This is one of my in a favorite. subtle way. The underlying idea for this is one of my favorite, like, comedy tropes. Yeah. And it's that, that uh, unintentional cruelty, I think, is hysterical. Like, like, right. like, like uh, when you, uh, when, especially when paired with someone trying to help. Yes. Like if you're trying to help, but it's unintentionally cruel. Right. Oh, God, that's so funny. Yeah. And, and I, I see it all the time. Like, intentional cruelty, not funny at all. Unintentional, accidental cruelty, hysterical. Right. Uh, especially when it's met with this rare um, sincerity. Yeah. Someone's coming to you <laughs> fully sincere. Yeah. You know? And, uh, yeah, the the yeah. So the structure of it was fun to do or to play. Buddy, with buddy, you got to speak up. Yeah, that, oh, I man. like that because that's a thing. Just people would tell me all the time. I get told that constantly because <laughs> I mumble, and so that just seems fun. That you gotta like, you have to raise your volume. You're like Why even you're telling them how right, depressed even yes, even even at your lowest. <laughs> they're like, listen, right. you're not performing yeah. manhood well enough. <laughs> oh That's so funny to me. <laughs> that idea, yeah, that that would happen in that. And the context. timing on the like, I can't hear you, man. Like it's like the timing on the. Hello? Hello. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I want. Hey, buddy. Yeah. I'm getting on the train. Oh, yeah. That's, it's so cool. Yeah. That one's. Yeah. That that one is like if you get the timing like a half second wrong, uh-huh. then it doesn't hit hard. Like you really have yeah. to feel the energy of the room and time that oh, carefully of yeah. how long it should be silent for. Because it's like if it's like a second too long, then they're like they'll click out. If it's second too quick, they don't feel the. It's yeah. got to come right when they're mm. when they need that. And that's to just happen. A feel thing. Yeah. 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 That, that's totally the energy of the room. Sometimes it might be like a little longer than others, but it's. Yeah. 
is an interesting thing to play with. And there are times I've gotten that a half second wrong and it, it hasn't hit hard. And you know right away, oh, it's not going to, that thing didn't hit as hard, so the next two won't hit as hard. Yeah. Because it's just oh, the momentum yeah. of it. You know? Also, the lead up to it. I wonder right. how many times did you rewrite that part where you were you the thing where you say, oh, and I feel like I'm just sort of spiraling with like like that section could be easily overdone or underdone. I feel like. Right. I think that one it might have been like uh, I think shorter initially because I was worried that people would click out. Yeah. And then I think I think I where it was like, oh, no, that's the chance to really that's the full chance for like, oh, here's everything at like all I'm all in yeah. all the cards on the table you know I you need something and then silence because yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. it has to be to, for that silence to be as you know yeah much as it is pregnant like you have to have really put yourself out there for yeah. a second yeah. and then it's like to build that yeah tension. if you have to feel that right right that's it's massive. but yeah you rewrite it a, a good amount yeah just to get all the unraveling it because it has to feel like an organic back and yeah. forth even though it's like a silly totally it is like a silly thing yeah you know it's like the ellen degeneres bit she has that old bit where she calls oh the god, the god call. call yeah 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 For sure yeah there's a lot of like really like the pauses are it's really important great bit and yeah if, especially if you're not doing both people talking right well i mean i guess you yeah, you do, but there's a right. lot of you hanging on the right. Phone, there is a lot talking to yes. Ellen, yeah. <laughs> which is really funny. I also liked how you got into it. I thought that was really wonderful. How you you re- quickly help bring people into your perspective of I'm going to talk about what it's like to be depressed in New York, right? And how it's it was, it's very quickly. It was just like one or two sentences, right? Um, that just it was just like it's too rough a place to deal with depression. Mm-hmm. I think is how you said it. Yeah, it, uh, I think it like focuses it. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously tough anywhere. That's not to uh, minimize Yeah, that, if you feel like this in Columbus, you don't know what it's like right, in New you don't York. Know, right. <laughs> I think it's just some, maybe for that character, it required some. But that's still, but because everyone knows that idea, it still works real well in other cities. Mm-hmm. With the exception of, um, I've noticed a couple times in like, places that might be feel competitive with New York, like Boston or Philly. Oh, interesting. I think there's some idea of like, no, we're the heartless ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Even though it's like a, a, like a mean thing you're saying about New York, yeah. it's like, no, fuck off. We're the ones that wouldn't <laughs> give a shit, I've yeah. found. But yeah. then other random places, you know, yeah. it's so funny. Baltimore or whatever, they're like, yeah, yeah, of course. No, we t- yeah. we're terrible. To I feel like yeah, yeah. Even, that could be a fun place to play around too. If, they, if you don't get it, like if, they, if you don't get that reaction, you see, mm-hmm. you don't get the reaction you're used to getting. And then sure. you see them almost get competitive. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you the... <laughs> right, right, right. It's a, that's a tough one though to do that because it's not a quick line yeah. that you can then yeah. like, oh, too much. It's like, you know, a two minute thing. Right. So they got to be on board. Well, you know, you're making an investment into right that. away at when you said there's a national one and there's a New York one. Right. So that that's I would, common. I bet yeah, that's a an indicator right there. If they don't laugh at that, then they're not. Yeah, well, that's a good. Sometimes you, you get them later, the ten minute thing. Mm-hmm. But like, if they have that idea up front, then they, they're they, in. They know which direction it's going. They're in. They're, they're intrigued by that premise. Yeah, they're obviously it has to be a hostile out, suicide hotline. But the, the, there's something in that the idea of like, oh, there's something weird about this. That's already yeah. a funny thing. Totally. That it's like we're gonna deal with this on a local level. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like <laughs> a funny thing. <laughs> the the idea that you would manage that. 
Um, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> the national people were probably like, look, we do not have the capacity to deal with all the calls we get from New York. <laughs> 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 We've got to get some boots and, on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and New York's like, honestly, we don't either. So yeah. <laughs> we're going to keep a time yeah. crunch on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And you call back up. You already had your 10 minutes. I'm sorry. Right, right, yeah. Every it's New like, Yorker gets 10. Yeah. What do you want? It's like, Total. The, it's like the New York Times. Like you had your five free articles for the month. <laughs> Like, what do you want? You want another 10 minutes? Dude, you got to come back Who on the do first. Who you think you... November 1st, man. Just got to come back. I wonder where most of the calls come from, like which borough and neighborhoods. That's a good question. I, I work know. at a building that has the most people jump off of it. Really? I, I walk dogs on this like... It's billionaire. So it's like, yep, yeah. there's more suicides in this building historically than any building in New York. Really? It's really nice. <laughs> it's like... It sounds like a nice building. It's penthouse. Wow, yeah. sounds great. Rich people get so rich, they just do not know what they to do. They don't know what to do with it, except well, just end it. A yeah. to feel something. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing to work towards anymore. Yeah. I'm so lonely at the yeah. top. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Come on. Let's talk about sex. All right, this is my pick, and it's... By Joe Rogan in his Netflix special that just dropped. It's called Strange Times is the name of the special. And it is, I'll just let it, I'll just play it. I don't have like a name for it. Yeah. Um, before I do play it, I want to say this. Uh, I just, I, I find that Joe Rogan recently, he's, I can only describe what he, describe what he seems to have developed as bro gravitas. <laughs> Yeah, it, like I am blown away by it. Like he's <laughs> been so broy, and then all of a sudden there's just this wisdom, like, like bro, I've seen some shit. Like, <laughs> sure. yeah. it's kind of fun. It's my favorite thing I've ever heard of his. Is is this the special? I yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen special. it yet. Yeah, it's very good. Florida's got the craziest laws because Florida's trying to protect their pain pill industry. So with Florida, they make it so illegal. This is one of the things they do in Florida. They hire undercover cops to pretend to be high school students. Specifically, a hot woman. They hired a 25-year-old hot woman to pretend to be a high school student, flirt with boys, get those boys to sell her weed, and then arrest them. I don't like to use the word cunt. When I use it, I want it to mean something. That's a cunt. That lady's a piece of fucking human garbage. You fucking asshole. Here's the thing. Not only is it not fair, that is one of the most sexist stories you'll ever hear. Here's why it's sexist. It's sexist against boys. Here's why. You could never imagine that story if the genders were reversed. If you found out that a 25-year-old man was throwing dick at your 17-year-old daughter, he talked her into selling him weed, and then he arrested her, we would light that motherfucker on fire in the street. Right? But if it was my own son who got arrested by that cop, I'd be like, how'd it go? <laughs> Tell me what happened. A record. You worried about your record? You got a story, dude. You got a story. You're the first guy ever to get arrested by an undercover cop you thought was his girlfriend. <laughs> it's a fucking hell of a story. Some people are like hard asses about it. They're like, should have known better. He's almost 18. Yeah, but he's almost 16, too. <laughs> 
which is almost 15. That's like a little kid. <laughs> Do you remember what you were like when you were 17? You didn't know what the fuck was going on. And this kid wasn't even a drug dealer. This kid, it's not like he got caught. No, this kid was a straight-A student that thought he was getting pot for his girlfriend. He even tried to give it to her. She wouldn't accept it. She wanted to give him money so she could arrest him. Oh. He had to know. He was a smart kid. He had to know. He had to know something was off. Because, like, here's what it's like. A 25-year-old woman is not the same as a 17-year-old girl. They look similar, but they're not the same. Here's what it's like. I had this dog once that I got from the pound. <laughs> you know how you get a dog? I'm, are you comparing women to dogs? No. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> the dog, she was a sweetheart of a dog, but she had been in the pound too long. She was real sketchy. And I would, I would bring her around other dogs, and like when a dog's been in the pound, like every other dog, the thing is gonna take their food or take their bed. So I'd take her to the dog park, and she'd see dogs and go, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. And every dog would be like, whoa, Jesus. That's how she acted with every single dog, till one day, one day I brought her to the dog park, and somebody brought a wolf. Some fucking hippie asshole with wooden beads on, wearing sandals. This motherfucker brought a thing that eats dogs into a cage filled with dogs. My dog looked at that wolf and looked at me and went, that's not a fucking dog. Ah! She knew. I don't know how she knew. She didn't grow up in Alaska. She wasn't a Montana dog. How the fuck did she know? But she knew. Somehow. Somehow. That had to be what it was like when that 17-year-old boy was around that 25-year-old woman. Like, um, where'd you go to school? <laughs> <laughs> She's like touching him. Because oh, oh. 17-year-old girls don't sound anything like 25-year-old women. You ever talk to a 17-year-old kid? They don't know what the fuck they're saying. They're basically just practicing talking. <laughs> They've only been talking for like a few years. <laughs> they don't know how to make shit sound good. They're like, have you heard the new Drake song? It's so fire. You're like, ah, what the fuck did you do to my ears? Meanwhile, the 25-year-old cop's like, Let's go back to my house, <laughs> smoke some pot, and snuggle. That kid's like, you have a house? <laughs> How the fuck did you get a house? <laughs> Your dumb friend's like, she saves, bro. <laughs> my cousin did it. My cousin bought a house. Kids are always lying. 17-year-old kids, yeah, my cousin bought three houses by the time he was four. <laughs> four. 17, you should know better. You know how crazy that is to say? There is a short amount of time on this planet, 17 years old. And it's a confusing time. Maybe one of the most confusing times ever for a boy because your life is a certain way for 13 years. And then you start getting uncontrollable boners. Right around 13 years in. For 13 years, you think you got life mapped out. All I get life is kind of, you just do what you want. You know, you kind of have a good time. You ride your bike and you play your games. Hang out with your buddies.
parties, and then all of a sudden, two years later, you're waking up going, what do you want from me? He's just like, there he's yelling at his dick. Every day, every day, confusion, do I love you? What are you gonna do for a living, bro? That's the other thing you get when you're 17. What are you gonna do? You're almost a man, you gonna be a loser? I don't know. What do I... And you see, you see around you all these people that are chasing bullshit, material possessions, and nonsense lives, and doing things they hate, and getting stuck in a rut, and you don't want it to be you, and you don't know how to fucking get out of that. And everybody's confused, and everybody's like, bro, what are you gonna do for a living? Like, I don't know. I don't know. You just get together with your friends and try to figure life out, unwind, hang out, smoke a little joint. Like, dude. I think my girlfriend's a cop. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're paranoid. Trust me, it's the weed. There's no way. <laughs> Meanwhile, he was right. Poor little fuck. Nobody cares. So, uh... <laughs> God, I love when... I love when a comedian buries a punchline that deep. Right. But I really yeah. love where it goes really far afield and hits a few different perspectives and then brings it back around to the original. I just love that so much. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I chose this bit because I love how he digs deeply into a variety of perspectives mm-hmm. to make the point he's trying to make. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, and also I, I like it just because it's still just coming from his, from his bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is bro. very, the bro perspective, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Bro. But, it, but, it, but there's like, also like now he's, he's like older, he's had kids, uh-huh. you know, like he's, he's just, he's, he's had some life experience. So it's like, sure. Oh, bro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is still the bro. It's like, you know, he calls like he's, you know, he's he's like, oh, there's not a lot of times to use that word. It's like it's like you know, it's a whole police force. It's like like one lady with like yeah. a, <laughs> on a mission. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like yeah. so that's that's kind of a funny framing of it. Yeah, as I was um, listening, I was kind of excited to hear the angles that you would have on it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that that was my first reaction to it. Is it's like it's a a it's a uh, obviously it's a waste of time for the cops to do yeah. that. Of like, oh. It's a waste, a waste of time to like arrest to like pot. drug offenders, yeah, yeah. adults, much less like oh let's arrest like children doing drugs. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. they think of a bigger waste of so they time. Go to juvie, which is like even what? Present. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like what? Yeah. Um, if it's so, not going to yeah, go on my record, then why are we doing this? Right. What's the, <laughs> the yeah the the is it just banging erasers together in juvie? Right. Well, I don't know what they do to punish them. Right. I mean, what what yeah what I liked and right so that's one thing. I mean, what I liked in is. Yes, obviously the distinction between the 25 and 17, which is yeah. often not made. Like every yeah. TV show we watch as watched as a kid of, of like hot teenagers, it's always like 29-year-olds playing <laughs> yeah, 15-year-olds. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and you, like all those like 15-year-olds you had a crush on when uh-huh. you were 12 were all like 29. Totally. Right? Yeah. It's kind of funny because then you're like, your teachers were like, you thought they were like 40, but they're probably like 22. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You yeah, have no totally. idea what's going on. Yeah, like, yeah. 
I'm like, always... oh, Miss, what? but it's like, yeah. Oh, she's Miss. She's probably like a thousand. <laughs> it's like her first job out of college. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, you finally figured out. You're like, oh yeah, I love this girl. Is like at this fictional high school. Yeah. It's yeah. like she's like an adult. Yeah. <laughs> she's got like a kid. Like, it's yeah. like, like crazy. But but she's wearing high schooler clothes. It's right. Like, oh, look, it's it's 15 year old Jessica Alba. Right. So yeah. we have like a distorted perception of. I think what high schoolers actually look like yeah. or act like totally. because we watch adults playing them, <laughs> you know, it was like crazy. I loved the moment where, he, where he he flips it around and says, if this, he changes the perspective and he goes, okay, uh, if this were a, a guy, a 25 year old guy slinging dick at, uh, at your 17 year old daughter did she wait i missed did she fuck the kids was that the... i don't know i don't he didn't he they didn't were say girlfriend, that girlfriend boyfriend yeah. I don't know that would be that. a right that would be a crime yeah, <laughs> so yeah it'd be yeah. weird to like they're definitely gonna arrest you for this crime but <laughs> is it, sex with you to is do it statutory <laughs> rape worth it to catch the bigger crime of smoking a joint one yeah. time yeah statutory rape the ends the ends justify the means yeah as long as it's not a teacher it's okay a cop fine yeah 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 it's sometimes you got to break the law to catch lawbreakers. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> or create them. Yeah. yeah. So, so the I like when he snaps that over into he flips it around. He's like, "Hey, look, like this is what we would do." Because I knew where he was going in the moment he started that. Sure. Right. That little paragraph. Sure. But hearing him get to it was so almost cathartic and fun to flesh out completely this other perspective of how we would behave if a 25 year old male cop was doing that to a 17 year old girl. Yeah. Right. Uh, and right. <laughs> I mean, the reality is that that probably does happen as well. You know what I mean? Maybe not in a weird sense, but like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? The, oh, totally. The, of like age manipulation or whatever. It's uh-huh. like, you know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. He hits multiple. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then it, he flips know? it. Now, it's, now we're from the student's perspective, right? Right. Right. And now we're it, like, he, and he's like, yeah, the kid had to know from a, from a, right. But then yes. to prove that, he goes another level deeper. Right. And he goes, now I'm going to do this from a dog's perspective. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And innately sensing danger right. uh-huh. uh, or that something's different. Of, and that it's like, yeah, here's what it's like when you're a boy and then getting older and the mm-hmm. paranoia the uh-huh. kid might have had. Right. Yeah. So right. he is, he's hitting multiple notes with it. Right. Cool. And again, just allows you to flesh out the bit. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It stops it from being... Just the first thing, which is probably his first reaction, is like, what a bitch. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. To a broader thing. And uh-huh. you can only do that from, like you said, hitting the ages, hitting the different whatever, you know. Right. Uh, personalities involved. Um, yeah. Just, right. And I like that it's nestled. Like, I like the the nestling of different hmm. perspectives yeah. within it to eventually get around to that that point or that little the the point that that a nobody you know cares about boys that he's trying to make mm-hmm. um and then and also just to get to that that line that, that <laughs> i think my girlfriend's a girl. yeah, totally. yeah yeah it's a great great joke uh, yeah that's right um yeah that's like my favorite line in that yeah yeah so good <laughs> um <laughs> yeah it's fun that's fun to play with it also it, it's fun to do that because yeah again you can like find and some of them you might cut for time you can find the more interesting ones and just run with that yeah you know what i mean you were trying to make a point harrison you were starting to say something with, uh, when he was talking oh uh, shit <laughs> now I died, now that was I your chance yeah yeah ah, I the points my chance uh, what what was i going on <laughs> I don't know. It probably wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just get 
get yeah. get to the next <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, anything else on this? Yeah, it's just fun to go from like a headline like that and then turn it into a full thing. Yeah. 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 And he might he probably did just start with like that's bullshit. Or yeah, of course. She's a, or she's a bitch or whatever. A gut reaction <laughs> yeah. of like, oh, that sucks. And then yeah. to like dig all the way into it. Right. And, oh. Why do why do yeah, next step that would be fun is like, why does he feel that way? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because then a lot of times, and I think probably a lot of us forget that or I'll forget that, or that'll be the last thing yeah. I think when you're having some reaction to it is like, why do I, why am I having that reaction to it? Like uh-huh. you're hitting all these perspectives. It's like, okay, now why am I coming down on this side so of it? Fun, you yeah. know? Right. And sometimes that is the funniest angle of it, uh-huh. you know? Because then, then you're getting to why you feel. And that's the zoom out part that's mm-hmm. fun. So, right, why does he feel that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who wronged him is what I'm wondering. <laughs> hearing that. You know what I mean? Who didn't have empathy for you when you were a teenager? Right, yes. Girl? Right. <laughs> who didn't fuck you? Who did, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. That would, that would be fun for me to hear as an extension of it. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yes. And yeah, maybe yeah, it's yeah. nobody, love, yeah. but maybe it's somebody. He story you know? on his podcast, so maybe this is why, uh, about like some guy that would like hang out with him in, or like like a teacher or like a, uh, maybe it was like a Sunday school teacher. Sure. Who would like hang out with him. It was like very cool. Right. And then like slowly would hang out with him outside of it. And then right. kind of like was like, I love you, Joe. And then right. like said something about like, but you know, you can't have love without sex. And then like, <laughs> it's like, like, put it like, took out a knife and was like, get the fuck away from me, right. man. Right, sure, like, sure, sure, just yeah. like ran away. But, right, that's funny, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. maybe he feels personally affected by right. that kind of yeah. and, relationship. And it doesn't, it doesn't, an adult talking to a child. Right, and it, 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 uh, right. I'm not saying like you need to share that in a oh, non, non-comedic <laughs> way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. But totally. yeah, if to hit that in the bit, that would also be, that would be an extra layer to it uh-huh. that would be cool to hear, you yeah. know? Right, yeah. Because yeah. then that fills out, it's like, oh, here's this thing, and then why are we hearing it from you? Cool, here's why. Mm-hmm. And then it would that, actually make the whole thing point. even funnier. The moment, totally, the yeah. moment he goes into, yeah. you know, whatever personal story it is, totally. after all of that, and For be like, sure. by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, this is the lens it's coming through, you know what I mean? Right, sure. because then that goes back to one of our earlier points about how um, when we learn something more about the comic, it influences how we look at all their material. For mm-hmm. sure, yeah. I mean, I, I remember hearing some story uh, Burr told, and I don't even, it wasn't even like a funny story, but it was like yeah. interesting to hear when he's talking about like uh, growing up as a kid and oh, tell the thing. But basically, this this gist of it was that his dad <laughs> would say like whenever he would be funny, like oh, why are you acting like a girl? Like why why are you always acting like a little girl? Uh-huh. And then gave him like for Christmas one year like a little like a girl's doll. Oh my God. You know? And Whoa. so it's like, oh, that explains all of all it. You know it. what I mean? All, yeah. of all of it. All of yeah. it. Everything with, you know, like the, the attitude, like full. It's I like in Citizen fully, Kane. It, it like snaps everything yes. into focus. It's like, oh man, that goes deep. Yeah. And from a young age. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, like that's his, that's his um, red story. sled from Citizen Kane. That's the that's sled. The, that's, 100%. I haven't seen Citizen Kane. Can you? It's just the very short of it is it's a super rich guy. He's dying, right? Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen it. And oh. then they're trying he keep he said 
What was it? Rosebud. Uh, Rosebud. He kept. He said Rosebud on the end of his life, and everybody's trying to figure out what it is. And it's just. And then you find out at the end, all it was was just this nice memory that he had of sledding on a red sled, uh-huh. and it was called Rosebud. It's kind of boring. If anybody it's, yeah, says it's, it, if anybody says it's the greatest movie, they're, they're just, just trying, trying to tell you they went to film school. Yes. There, it's like, yeah. oh, yes. congrats. I yeah. agree with you. I fell asleep. Uh, in great job. Film history class. Yeah. Watching it. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great for insomnia. I think. It knocks you right out. Yeah, yeah, but but that that is like a um you know it's hitting at that like that those things totally, happen yeah, so that early and yeah. that's it. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the thing about his his parents didn't hug him because they thought it would make him gay. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Slant, yeah. No, that all yeah. yeah. But that's all fun because it, that lets you hit that bit. You personalize it, yeah. you know, which sometimes it's like often. The instinct, it's because it's easier to not, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's easier to comment on other and people. And it takes than, you down a peg, and then the audience suddenly feels uh, superior to you, which, like... Right. Well, um, that's a that's a theory of comedy from Aristotle. He, his theory of comedy was that... that One um, of the best stand-ups. Huh? One of the best stand-ups. He was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> incredible for his time. And you yeah. should definitely see... Is his, he actually his, funny? I've heard he's funny. Um, well, you, you need to see his special. It's, basically, it's, it's a sculpture. Yeah. It's basically it's sculpture. A sculpture. Yeah. Yeah. The half hour, he didn't really have his voice yet, yeah. but yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just a bust. Yeah. 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 Um, no, it, his, his theory of comedy was um, that... You people laugh when they suddenly find themselves feeling superior. Mm. That's interesting. And um, because uh, there's more to it, I can't remember the whole thing. But that was, I remember reading that when I was in college and I was just like, fuck you, that's not why. And then now the more I do stand up, the more I'm like, oh, it totally is a lot of it. It it happens all the time. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, I wonder if that's, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously. Impossible to come up with like a hard formula for it. I I think, I think there's endless formulas. Right, yeah, I think there's. Yeah, may like it's possible it's part of it. I, I also think it's like if they connect on some level to it, you know. Yeah. I don't think they have to feel better. What's like the aha moment? It's like them them thinking of an idea. It's the same biological response that they're having when because you're you're helping them connect things. Yeah, together. you're leading them a yeah. little bit. You know, but so. they're like, I'm so, I'm smart. Right, I'm smart right, right now. Right, right, ah. right. I made that connection. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. John, it's like you're. Sort I didn't of even know opening the door for them, but it's totally. Like, you know, John Cleese has one there too, where he says that uh, a la- laughter occurs anytime that you connect um, two disparate ideas and generate new meaning in the process. Right. Um, that, that that can incite laughter, and especially if it's a surprise. For sure. Um, I mean, there's a gazillion of these. But, yeah, of and course. they all are. I think. They're not. There's no one unifying formula. No, of course. They all. There's just different ways to get to the same thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely. So get uh, Aristotle's special from Netflix. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Aristotle and Rogan. They recorded on the same night. Actually, yeah. Aristotle was kind of a bro too. Yep. So yeah. yeah. Special. Yeah. The Ufi. <laughs> Come on. Let's talk about sex. This is from his last special, and it's Who, about who's last. Um, John Mulaney's. Oh, great. And before I, we do this, I do want to say something about this special. Um, I saw it live at Radio City Music Hall, and it was fucking awesome. Great. Then I saw this on uh, Netflix, and I think I think that the, the editing kind of ruined part of it because he's running around on this giant stage sure. being super theatrical, and it's all choreographed. Sure. Uh, down to the T, because it's Mulaney. And 
um, then they zoomed in all the way on him right. and followed him. So he just looks like this spastic and you don't right. get this whole effect that he's creating for this giant audience in Radio City Music Hall. It's and very, yeah. So it didn't come through. A lot of stuff didn't come through, I felt. I mean, it's very, it's very tough to like convey how great standup is like in the room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's like, it's the energy of it. You're around all those people. You're, you're in that space. There's that immediacy of it. Um, I mean, it, it's incredibly hard. I mean, how often you see you see comics who you know are awesome or amazing, and you watch their thing, and you're just you know like, sometimes I'll think to myself like I'll be frustrated, like man, some of these people watching it who don't know this comic already would have no idea how right. funny they are. Right? They'd have yeah. no clue right. how incredibly funny uh-huh. and unbelievable that comic is. I yeah. just feel from that way. That. It's so frustrating. I feel that way about Sean Pat in particular. Sean Patton sure. is fucking magic. Oh, he's amazing. Unreal. Amazing, and, yeah. And, and it's my favorite comic in New York. I love it. Every time I see him, it's a different set. So it's good. It's just incredible. Yeah. And I've tried to find, when I've had him, like, headline shows and stuff. Sure. I've tried to find videos to send out to my mailing list. Right. And it just, nothing, it's still funny. But right, nothing right, right. comes close to what it's like to be yeah. in the room with him. Because it's the energy of it. And yeah. And you're, you're yeah. feeling it, visceral. And Mulaney, for a guy who's... Uh, so good at the uh, technical aspect of writing is also such a good performer Mm -hmm. and really knows like you said he's moving around he knows when to sell his stuff both in inflection and in movements everything like that yeah so he's like all facets of it is hitting that like there was this one little moment that came through so clearly in the special that did not come through in that in the netflix sure uh version of it where He's talking. He's he's getting ready to talk about Trump, and he's fiddling with the cord. Yeah, I saw oh, I love. Like he's yeah. doing. And I like. I saw that. Yeah, but it, it was explosive. Sure. When I saw it, right. he just and he's like, I guess I'll talk about it. And you just see him flip the cord over his over his shoulder. Yeah. Like I'm gonna shoulder the this burden. Thing now. happened. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess I'll carry this burden right, right now for you. And in, right, that's in a great person, way to break it down. Yeah. That was like wow. Like yeah, the yeah. crowd goes nuts, and on the special, it's just ha. Ah, right. The point is, go. go see stand up live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, for mostly at Brickspot. Yeah, <laughs> Brickspotcomedy.com. Well, either way. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, this is John Mulaney. This is from Kid Gorgeous at Radio City Music Hall in 2018, and it is. Um, I mean, it's not labeled, but Stranger Danger. The greatest assembly of them all, once a year. Stranger Danger. Yeah. The hottest ticket in town. (laughs) The Bruno Mars of assemblies. (laughs) You are gathered together as a school, and you are told never to talk to an adult that you don't know. And you are told this by an adult that you don't know. (laughs) We had the same Stranger Danger speaker every year when I was a kid. His name was Detective J.J. Bittenbinder. Go ahead and laugh. His name is ridiculous. That was his name. It was J.J. Bittenbinder. He was from the Chicago Police Department. He was a child homicide expert. And, oh, gee. Very sorry, Radio City. Did that make you uncomfortable? Well, guess what? You're adults, and he's not even here. So try being seven years old, and you're sitting five feet away from him. He's still got blood on his shoes. And he's looking at you in the eye to tell you for the first time in your very young life 
that some adults find you incredibly attractive. <laughs> and they may just have to kill you over it. <laughs> okay, say la vie, go be kids, go have fun. Bittenbinder came every year. By the way, Detective J.J. Bittenbinder wore three-piece suits. He also wore a pocket watch. Two years in a row, he wore a cowboy hat. He also had a huge handlebar mustache. None of that matters, but it's important to me that you know that. He did not look like his job description. He looked like he should be the conductor on a locomotive powered by confetti. Instead, he made his living in murder. He was the weirdest goddamn person I ever saw in my entire life. He was a man most acquainted with misery. He could look at a child and guess the price of their coffin. <laughs> that line never gets a laugh, but once you write it, it stays in the act. <laughs> so Bittenbinder came every year with a program to teach us about the violent world waiting for us outside the school gym. And that program was called Street Smarts. Time for Street Smarts with Detective J.J. Bittenbinder. Shut up, you're all gonna die. Street Smarts. <laughs> that was the general tone. He would give us tips to deal with crime. I will share some of the tips with you this evening. Okay, tip number one, Street Smarts. <laughs> Let's say a guy pulls a knife on you to mug you, because you remember the scourge of muggings when you were in second and third grade. <laughs> you know how a mugger thinks, man, I need cash for drugs right now. Hey, maybe that eight-year-old with the goddamn Aladdin wallet that only has blank photo laminate pages in it will be able to help. <laughs> Let's say a guy pulls a knife on you to mug you. What do you do? You go fumbling for your wallet, and you go fumbling for your wallet. Well, in that split second, that's when he's gonna stab you. So here's what you do. You kids get yourselves a money clip, okay? You can get these at any haberdashery. You put a $50 bill in the money clip. Then, when a guy flashes a blade, you go, you want my money? Go get it, then you run the other direction. And our teachers were like, write that down. Like, buy a money clip? Engraved, question mark? You go home to your parents, hey, Dad, can I have a silver money clip with a $50 bill in it, please? Don't worry, I'm only gonna chuck it into the gutter and run away at the first sign of trouble. The man with the mustache told me to do it. Uh, tip number two, street smarts! <laughs> Let's say a kidnapper throws you in the back of a trunk. This was at nine in the morning. <laughs> Let's say a kidnapper throws you in the back of a trunk. Don't panic. <laughs> Once you get your bearings, <laughs> find the carpet that covers the tail light. Peel back the <laughs> make a fist. Punch the tail light out the back of the car, thus creating a hole in the back of the automobile. Then stick your little hand out and wave to oncoming motorists to let them know that something hinky is going on. <laughs> Can you imagine driving behind that? Like... <laughs> He's waving. I think they're turning left. <laughs> 
tip number three, straight smarts. <laughs> you kids have no upper body strength. And we were like, we know, but hey. <laughs> if some guy tries to grab you, you can't fight him with fists. So here's what you do. You kids fall down on your back and you kick upward at him. That'll throw him off his rhythm. The big thing with Bittenbinder was throwing pedophiles off the rhythm. He's not going to know how to fight back with two little sneakers coming at him. If the Lindbergh baby had steel toe boots, he'd still be alive today. smarts. Yeah, he was not a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go kind of guy. He was more like, brush your teeth. Now, boom, orange juice. <laughs> Bittenbinder, he didn't want us to not get kidnapped. He wanted us to almost get kidnapped. <laughs> and then fight the guy off using weird psych-out backroom Chicago violence. <laughs> like, here's what he wanted to see on the news. Like, we're here with seven-year-old John Mulaney, who fended off a kidnapper earlier today. How did you do it, John? Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> I used the Bittenbinder method. <laughs> When I saw the perp approaching, I chewed up a tab of Alka-Seltzer I carry with me at all times. This created a foaming at the mouth appearance that made it look like I had rabies. Now I've thrown him off his rhythm. <laughs> then I reach into his jacket pocket where I had planted a gram of coke and I went, whoa, what the fuck is this? And he goes, that's not mine. And I never seen that before. I go, boo hoo, it's in your jacket. And you're doing two to 10 and your kids are going into social services. <laughs> now he's crying. Then I grab a telephone book and I beat him on the torso with it. Cause as any Chicago cop will tell you, a phone book doesn't leave bruises. <laughs> well, that was seven-year-old John <laughs> currently being sued for police brutality. <laughs> Bittenbinder, Bittenbinder told me things that haunt me to this day. He came one year for, for assembly. He goes, okay, when you get kidnapped, not if, when. <laughs> okay, so when you get kidnapped, the place where the guy grabs you, in the biz, we call that the primary location, okay? <laughs> Your odds of coming back alive from the primary location, about 60%. But if you are taken to a secondary location, your odds of coming back alive are slim to none. I am 35 years old, and I am still terrified of secondary locations. If I'm at a place, I never want to go to another place. I'll be at a wedding reception, and someone will be like, hey, you coming to the hotel bar after? We're all going to get drinks and keep the party going. I'm like, nah, 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 sister. You're not getting me to no secondary location. You want it? Go get it. <laughs> I love that bit. Isn't it? Yeah. Street smarts. I love that bit. All right, why'd you pick that one? I just think it's so funny to explain such adult situations in an adult way and provide adult solutions to six and seven year olds. <laughs> yeah. and I just love how he illustrates it. And I'm sure he's doing a lot of intense, uh, like, uh, caricature building for this bit and binder guy. But I mean, just the idea of it alone is ridiculous. And he explains why in such a funny way. And you can tell he, this isn't very, uh, um, he didn't, 
edit this to be that much more funny. He might have phrased everything in funnier ways, but I think these are actually things that they were that were told to him. I and think I think it's really funny. How he's so it. good also. I mean, he's so good at visuals. He's always so good at these little uh-huh. the hyper detail visuals of even like the eight year old of like oh just like a aladdin wallet with the blank laminated yeah. foot like these yeah. hyper specific funny details yeah and if we're talking about like points of view and stuff he's hitting so many because he's hitting uh bitten binder he's hitting the the kids of their mm-hmm. reaction to it of like oh we know we don't have a, a torso but hey you know yeah. it's like he's acknowledging himself and and the audience like he knows when to step out uh-huh. and like when he's talking about his mustache of like he's like i like you don't none of that's relevant but it's important for know. me to you to know and so it's just like yeah. highlighting acknowledging that he's like i'm just doing this for you uh, yeah totally before going back in to the moment there uh-huh. and then in ex- his examples then he can dovetail off into the examples uh-huh. you know he's got the the car with the kid with waving oh, and then he hits the other person that like got the turn- biggest laugh of- when i was there live by the way oh really that was that was probably the biggest laugh of the evening and it barely got anything in this special right right right. But the, the moment with it everybody sort of sees in their mind this child's hand waving yeah. out the waving out of the signaling yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah. oh he's turning just, left like, so it's like even crying. that it's like cool we're getting that person's yeah, yeah. reaction yep. to it it's mm-hmm. all funny and then stepping back in now we're back in the the assembly you know right totally and, and also age like yeah. uh here here's my reaction as a kid um my own and now here's my action today here's your reaction the audience yes. of adults right uh-huh. here, now these seven-year-olds reactions mm-hmm. you know and framing it yeah like that I, I like those. so right there that contrast is in the imagining the different reactions to it you mm-hmm. know um yeah and it's all just so well structured also i like also when he steps back and becomes just like it's like big picture stuff it's like this is at nine in the morning yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. so he gets he he's getting like more he's milking more laughs from like adding more details yeah because now we've been sitting in this bitten binder situation for a while yeah and he's like cool and here's another absurd detail yeah just to keep layering it on so we're not totally it's not like uh beating a dead horse a little bit you know Uh what i mean we're still learning more and getting for sure it kind of like plays this is weird i just thought of this kind of plays like an arrested development episode where it's just it's like ridiculous character explaining these ridiculous things to unknowing people and then he's stepping back and being ron howard being like this is nine in the morning right like those and also that um he's like let's just um because he's like jj bittenbinder would come to class he's like let's just be clear a guy came in and told a bunch right. of children that some adults find you very attractive yeah, yeah. and they just might have to kill you over. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Just like just summing up very, that. It's, it's a very so funny. It's very fun a very funny um oh. clinical clean breakdown of a pedophile. It's so funny <laughs> to do it that way. And then he's still and, and then within all that he can still play around with like awesome word choice of yes. like saying haberdashery in a funny way. Haberdashery. Or like yeah. the, a bitten by is a guy most acquainted with with misery <laughs> yeah, it's yeah very funny i like the haberdashery word just because it further highlights how dissociated he is from the childhood experience from Full. i don't even experience. know what a yes. haberdashery is i have no idea what it is i, yes. think, I think it's i i'm digging this out of the i think it's like a hat store 
like, I think <laughs> it's like an old, an old shop. Yeah, it's like an old, like for right. men's yeah. thing, like for like uh, like tweed jackets and. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I think right. I mean, it's like a, a men's r- fashion shop or like a hat shop or something that like that. they don't have anymore. Like prohibition era. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so but funny. It's, uh, right. I mean, it's such a funny word, and that's a great point. Yes, it's completely disconnected. Yeah. But it's also just a funny word. Yeah, yeah. Saying it in a funny way. So even on that. Mo- like small level it's very funny totally. and then in the bigger context it's even funnier you and then he gets, he gets back to Bittenbinder's perspective I love this where he goes he didn't want you to not get kidnapped right. he wanted you to almost get kidnapped yeah. <laughs> and I like how he like uh uh, JJ has right. his own like Chicago accent, yeah, yeah. and then when Mulaney is doing things Bittenbinder wants him to do, As he also has like yeah. a this style, mini but, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. he's like a Thank mini Bittenbinder. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Two to ten I carry with me yeah. all yeah. times. He's become like a little, a version little of Bittenbinder. Him. It's yeah. so funny. He's the, this mini it. me for this guy who yeah. has trained him. Yeah. It's so funny. He used the Bittenbinder method. I like to. I loved. the throwing him off his off his rhythm yeah. he never has to explain why it's absurd he right, just right, ha- right. all he does is say it the way he says it yeah. Yeah. say it a few more take it yes. i love how john mulaney is able to do that he will get a laugh yep. out of exactly the same sentence multiple mm. times yes yeah it is it's like magic it's like oh holy shit like yeah. just say it again in the uh, uh <laughs> at the right time and then boom you get another laugh boom you get sure, yeah laugh. yeah he's amazing he knows when to give the audience time with and re- really like breathe with it uh-huh and um embolden it he is so good at knowing what like we're talking about like branching out different angles of knowing which ones yeah. to embolden and sit uh-huh sit in you know and then when to acknowledge that he's doing that yeah. he does that at, like at the end of the special when he's talking about the bible uh-huh. and like how the the men have these like old names and the women have new ones oh yeah and rachel like, oh, yeah. jebediah and rachel and he's like or this is uh you know uh Jazanthemum and his wife Sarah. He's like, what? That's the same joke twice. Like, oh, yeah, 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 it's such yeah, a funny yeah. moment of self awareness and acknowledging it. Yeah. But he still knows he can get the other laugh and uh-huh. then step out and acknowledge no the audience yeah. without, like, you know, sandbagging the joke itself. For sure. You know? yeah. But he's, he, like, just milks every laugh, yeah. every drop out of the dish towel. Just rings it just out. Rings yeah. It out, you know? Totally. Man, he really does that well. It's great. It's anyway, great. That's He's, why I picked that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. So funny. It's such a good one. Yeah. Come on. Let's talk about sex. All right. Well, should we wrap up? Yeah, let's wrap up. All right. A big thanks to our guest, Dan Perlman. Thank you, Dan. Oh, thanks so much for having me, man. Well, first of all, everybody, please check out flatbushmisdemeanors.com. You can see so many leaves. It's just, it's believable. <laughs> it's a great, it's a really, yeah. Most like a, yeah, it's a really awesome. So me and Kevin Iso um, wrote, directed, and starred in it. But it's a great cast. Kareem Green. They're all stand-ups. And it's I love Kareem, Kareem Green. Kareem Green plays my stepdad. Um, Aparna Nancharla's in it. She's amazing. She's Kevin's therapist. Yamanika Saunders is my therapist. Um, uh, Kerry Coddett is in it. Uh, Jeffrey Joseph. Um yeah, so 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 many great uh, comics. Yeah. So yeah, just check flatbushmisdemeanors dot com. Yeah, Fuck yeah. And also, you can follow our guest. That is, go to danperlmancomedy dot com. That's his website, and his handle on Twitter and Instagram is at dan j perlman. Of course, all of this will be in the show notes. Also, uh, our plugs. So brickspotcomedy dot com. Yep. BrickSpotComedy.com. I've been spending a ton of time working on it. Uh, Tristan Smith and I have 
uh, plotted away over a long period of time, putting that website together. And now all the shows are up with with uh, links to Eventbrite tickets and things like that. It's uh, If you're in New York and you want to see some live comedy, come on down. Please support live comedy. Most of our shows are free or they have a one-item minimum, but they're very, very well booked as uh, we have people like good old Dan Perlman here on our shows. And we just had... Uh, Todd Berry was on one of our shows Rob, and Roy Wood, Roy Wood Jr. was on last week. So it's Sean Patton. We do our best to book to the best Sean of Sean Patton. Shows. Gotta did, see Sean. He did both shows last It's a great, it's a really a great show. Yeah. I'll give full endorsement of it. It's yeah. one of my favorites. Today. And we have, well, we have multiple shows now. It's not just, uh, um, oh, the one on two. They're all great. Yay. <laughs> they're all great. <laughs> yeah. So have, like the Trump hands. <laughs> it's in the East Village. It's a, it's in the back of a vegan restaurant called, called v-spot organic yeah. and it is our our the the food is vegan but our comedy is meaty yeah it's michael spedich's line he says it on the street bringing people in that's funny yeah. that's really he's funny. been great there yeah. uh and we have a bunch of comedians that support that are part of that and support it um and they're they're all listed um on the website as well so thanks so much and then uh, of course please if you are feeling grateful and you like what we do and you want to want to express that gratitude we will take it in the form of money uh or share us or like us on facebook you can go to patreon.com forward slash let's talk about sets and you can give us something on a monthly basis or if you just want to send us a tip you can do that. Or just Venmo me money. Yeah, you can Ven- uh, um, don't Venmo Harrison, Paris to a Harrison money. tweet. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> just send it. Send me twenty dollars, <laughs> please, <laughs> please. Uh huh. So uh, my Venmo <laughs> the guy who pays for all this shit. <laughs> just, just pay me anyway. <laughs> but you can you can pay Harrison. Go ahead. He he is absolutely worth it. As yeah. I said, he is we'll widely known as one of the best lovers. Just in Venmo me twenty dollars. His mom taught him well. <laughs> <laughs> and um, or you can send it to me at Jeff hyphen McBride on Venmo or PayPal Jeff at Let's Talk About Sets dot com. And if you want to find out more about our guest, please head to Let's Talk About Sets dot com. You can check out our show notes. We have all of our episodes organized both by theme and by the comedians that we discussed. You can get all our episodes automatically every other week by subscribing to the podcast. You can do that now on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or all the other ways. We're on Spotify now. And um, please special uh, oh. Special thanks to Roy Wood Jr. and John Mulaney and Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan and Salt and Pepper, <laughs> and then Salt and Pepper does not suit us. <laughs> JJ Bittenbinder, yeah, JJ, JJ Bittenbinder, Bittenbinder for <laughs> yeah. his Bittenbinder retweets for his yeah. Bittenbinder method. Yeah. <laughs> All right, hey, thanks a lot. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets.